what God is doing in my life? What's God doing in this world? What's God doing in this city? What is God doing in our church? What's he doing in my family life? What is the kingdom of God about? Where is the kingdom of God being released? What is the kingdom purposes for what's going on right now? Here it comes a brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. Opportunity and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Good evening. This is Pastor Stan Starkian. No, you're Marco. Okay. And I'm Marco. You're listening to A Word with God. Today we'll be opening our Bibles up to the 11th chapter of Luke. Is that a good chapter, Marco? Well, it's a wonderful chapter. It it has the Lord's Prayer. Are there any bad chapters in Luke? No, no, they're all good chapters. Good to hear. Yeah, and you know what? We're actually going to find out that if Stan is your friend and he's having a bunch of people over in the middle of the night, he just might come knocking at your door asking you for some munchies. Absolutely. Have you found Luke 11 yet? Let's get started. Taking time to pray, verse 1 of chapter 11. It happened. When you see that, we've shifted gears again. He's given us this story about Mary and Martha and, 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 and choosing good things. He then moves on to this next section, which deals with prayer and uh, taking time to pray. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, Jesus had these particular places that he would go to pray. Do you do that? Have you cultivated that in your life? I mean, I, I love going to Williams to pray. It's weird. It, it, it reminds me of things. I love quiet places. Sometimes I love, my favorite thing is driving in the car, going down the 401 and just talking to God about things. She's going, you should be watching the road. <laughs> I don't close my eyes. I, I keep my eyes open. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus had these places. One of those places was the Garden of Gethsemane. Guess, guess who lived right close to the Garden of Gethsemane? Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Could very easily. We don't really know here. The timing might be that that very night. We, it, it could have been within a very short period of time. But Jesus is in this chosen place, this certain place that he's praying. After he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Give us instruction, just as in the same way that John also, same way in the same manner, taught his disciples. But down here, Jesus had some specific places that he would go to pray, and and that's good. It's a good custom to follow. It's a good habit to get into. Secondly, he included disciples in these prayer times. Be willing to draw others into your prayer times. Be willing to draw others into your struggles with God, your struggles in prayer. Be willing to pray together. It's amazing how God will stir each of you up if you bring other people into that. Thirdly, being part of these prayer times created a thirst to know how to connect with God. 
And you will also notice that as you pray with others, how they pray will create a thirst in you. How you pray will create a thirst in them. And, and God will use that to up the voltage. Well, finally, discipleship is not new. That was Jesus' thing. He was the master discipler. And in these things, we, we need to be willing to allow God to use our lives to disciple other people and for them to disciple us back and forth. Talking to God, verse 2. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, holy be your name, separate from any other name is what holy means. To be separate, to be above, to be beyond, that nothing else compared. There's nothing in the same category as Jesus, as the Father. Give us this day our daily bread. Oh, sorry, your kingdom come. Your, your kingdom come into being. Your kingdom, your kingdom be expanded. Give us each day our daily bread. The idea that, that sufficient for the day. And forgive us our sins for, because, in the same manner, in the same attitude, in the same way, we have ourselves also forgiven everyone who is indebted to us. And finally, he says, lead us not into temptation. Okay, let's walk through this. Some thoughts here about drawing close to God in prayer. One, coming to the place of recognizing Jesus and our Heavenly Father is the only answer to our neediness is the beginning point. God is the answer. No other place, no other person. If, I mean, why is it that, that prayer is like many times the last resort? Where it should be the first thing that we do. Secondly, the kingdom is the overarching destination. What God is doing in my life? What's God doing in this world? What's God doing in this city? What is God doing in our church? What's he doing in my family life? What is the kingdom of God about? Where is the kingdom of God being released? What is the kingdom purposes for what's going on right now? In these centers of prayer. Thirdly, our needs are daily concern. Every day, our needs are are met by God. And he is the one that we need to bring our needs to. He is the one we need to look to to be the provider, the one who brings provision. Fourthly, forgiveness is the badge of membership. The heart that refuses to forgive has not experienced forgiveness. Pray that forgiveness will flow and demonstrate your parentage. Remember 1 John says, if you can't forgive your brother... That means that you yourself have not experienced God's forgiveness. For if you've experienced God's forgiveness, then you will be able to forgive others. Well, finally, following the shepherd's lead. The shepherd leads us away from pitfalls and destruction. That whole temptation piece, the only one that will keep you from temptation, the only one that will keep you from the pitfalls and from falling into the mud is God. He is the one that you can put your trust in. He is the one that you can put your faith in. He is the one that you can trust to lead you through the paths of temptation. An illustration of childish persistence, verses 5 to 8. Then, 
after this, he said to them, suppose, it means to, I mean, this is a clue that it's not a, a real story. This is an illustration, and he says, suppose there. Then he said to them, suppose one of you had a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and, and I have nothing to, to set before him. So, so like I'm at Caleb's house, and I'm going, Caleb, I, and you're upstairs at summer, and the windows are open, I'm at the front door, and I'm kind of doing the, on the front door, I'm like, Caleb, Caleb, and he's like, like what is it? Stan, who? Stan, your pastor. It's, it's, it's one in the morning, Stan. Yeah, but we got a party going on in our house. And there's lots of people there. And, and I've run out of food. And, and like, do you have any of those president's choice or d'oeuvre things in the freezer? And he's going, what? In the what? Everybody's asleep. The baby's here. The baby's in the crib. Nicole's asleep. She's going to kill you if she wakes. I just go like, come and join us at the party. Bring your d'oeuvres with you. And it's like, it's like okay, that probably, that, that wouldn't go over. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I can, str- I can stretch. <laughs> I know who not to call. This is so disappointing. Oh, and from, the ins- and from inside, he answers and says, don't bother me. That word to bother means don't knock on my door. Stop knocking on my door. <laughs> Go away. The door has already been shut. My children are in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. It's kind of like, are you crazy? It's 1 a.m. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, would that stretch our friendship, Caleb? <laughs> okay, that might really stretch our friendship. Yet because, of, <laughs> yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. It's like to get him shut up and away from the door before Nicole wakes up. He's going to go down to the freezer, grab some stuff. He might not even open the door. He might just pitch it out the window. And, uh, and hopefully, some thoughts here, but this is not how God operates. So many people get confused and they think this is an illustration about persistence with God. This is an illustration of how God does not operate. You don't annoy God to death until he finally gives in to you to shut you up. This is, this is not what prayer is. And Jesus is going to give them a, a clearer and more insightful look at to, to the heart of the Father in a few minutes. That gets me thinking about prayer, and I got thinking about what, what isn't prayer then? What's prayer not? And then a little later on, we'll look what prayer is. Well, first of all, prayer is not pestering God until he gives into my demands. That doesn't work with God. Number two, it's not informing God about things that he's unaware of. And Dan prays to God. He's like, Dan, I was never aware of that. Thank you for pointing that out to me. I'm, I'm so much better positioned to help you now. Like, God knows. It, it, you're not giving God information that God is seeking. He, he kind of has that all wrapped up. It's not getting enough people on my side to convince God 
he has to do something because of, about my situation. It's like, not like getting a petition. It's like, finally, if I get enough names on here, God will have to act. It's not forcing God's hand. And fourthly, it's not making an argument to paint God into a corner where he's obligated to do what I want. Have you ever met people like that? From God's word, I, God has to do it because it, it's like God has to do nothing but be who he says he is. You're not going to arm wrestle God into a corner. A guy named Jacob tried that and, and got hurt. Hey, Marco, do you think God's like interested in love? Very interested in love. In fact, God is love. Do you think he is like concerned about romance in your life? Most definitely. What about, what about, what about sex? Uh, I think so. Well, this fall, we have a series coming right out of Song of Solomon entitled Love, Sex, and Romance. I'd be there. And so will I. Hey, Marco, what are you doing on Saturday, September 25th? I don't know, but I'd like you to tell me. At Evangel, it's our anniversary weekend. We're doing something really special on the Saturday night. We are inviting a group of people called Jews for Jesus to enter in and explain the Old Testament festival of tabernacles. Do you know what the Feast of Tabernacles is all about, Marco? Food? Well, it does have something to do with food in it, but it also has a lot to do with about Messiah and the expected coming of Messiah. In fact, these guys say that the Feast of Tabernacles is the only feast that's going to be repeated in the kingdom. (laughs) That's amazing. We probably should find out something more about it. So 7 p.m. at Evangel Community Church, on Saturday, September 25th. See you there. Jesus' pledge about prayer, verses 9 and 10. So, therefore, because this is true, this is not how God operates. Because that's true, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. These are in the forms of proverbial wisdom statements. These are not to be taken like um, like facts. But he's making a proverbial statement, just like if we were reading back in the book of Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, he's painting a picture for us to get an idea how God operates. So he's saying here, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek means to, in, in order to find out something by thinking, meditating, reasoning, to qu- inquire into. So seek, inquire, and you will find. It means to hit the nail on the head. You'll find it. You'll hit it. It'll come upon you. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For, because everyone, and that means each and every one, Not hit and miss, not this person, not that one. For each and every one of you who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. It sounds like amazing. It sounds like you're going to Princess Otto with your grandfather's credit card. 
and you can get whatever you want. I mean, there's nothing like Princess Auto. It is the most amazing store there is in the universe. And I could live there. And I could go broke there, too. But, I mean, it's, it doesn't sound like me. It's like, just ask. You get... But there's um, a caveat coming. This is the fine print, verses 11 to 13. Now, this is true. Here's how it works, is what he's saying. Here's the caveat. Suppose one of you fathers is asking, is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake, will he? Or give, uh, sorry, for a snake, will he? Instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? Okay, okay. So, like, Lauren, um, Ethan gets to be 16, and he says to you, Dad, I want to go out, I want to buy a, a 900 Kawasaki crotch rocket. Uh, I got my license yesterday, and, uh, like, we're all ready for that, right? <laughs> you have a little more faith and the inability to come up with the resources than I do because I think kids would but anyway it, I mean that could be a snake that could be a scorpion or your 17 year old daughter says um, a whole bunch of us are going camping this weekend and, uh, and it's guys in guys tents girls in girls tents and, and we're going up north to Algonquin and, and I'm going dad and you go, I'm, I'm just not so sure about this. Who's going to be there? Well, you know, Bob and Betty, they're 18 and 19 and engaged, and they're going to watch the whole deal. And it's like, I don't think so. I don't think that's going over. Hey, I love September, uh, that Marco. Could be a do, you, do you know what I really that like about September? serpent in the uh, life of the summer's over? Actually, yeah, I hate hot weather, and it's getting ready towards, you know, going towards snowmobiling season. And Christmas, evil, my most favorite time of the year. Of, but what also happens is it's the beginning of another nature. ministry year at evil Evangel Community Church. Meetings, Sounds exciting. Full of labor. It is, and busy. we've got things happening for everyone in the family. I would check us out. Where, where do you find, what's this web thing again that we and have? EvangelCommunity.com. EvangelCommunity.com. And, and we're located at... One dealing with difficulties. If West, you are encumbered with these things from and you know Mary's how hospital. to give Make good your gifts way to your children, to Evangel Community no Church this no. fall, and we'll no see you there. No one to say that's not going to happen. How much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Give the right thing. Give the right answer. Give the right guidance. And we're told here the source. Is through the Holy Spirit. Here's some thoughts. Despite the circumstances and appearances, God's gifts to me are good, not evil. God's gifts to me are good, not evil. Number two, despite the circumstances or appearances, the Holy Spirit is with you. We are never alone in those circumstances. Number three, Despite the circumstances or appearances, God's answer to prayer, his response record is 100%. May not be the response I was looking for, like Martha. It may be, what? It may not be the way I thought it would come about, and the timing definitely may not be the timing that I thought it would be. Well, then, what is prayer? What is it? It's not some magic mumbo-jumbo 
recitation of words to get God to do what I want. What is, what is it? One, it's asking God to align my thinking with his. It's asking God, God, help me to think like you think. Help me to see this the way you see this. Help me to get into your head. Or better yet, get into my head what you have for me. Number two, acknowledging, prayers acknowledging that ultimately he is my only source of hope. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not resourceful enough. Eventually I run to the end of my rope and I go, there is nothing here that I can do to get myself out of this situation. There's only one place to look. Number three, Seeking for the answer from him and his word. Prayer is seeking for the answer from him and his word. His answer to you will never contradict his word. Well, I know, but God gave me this, this, this pound of hash and, and it just came on my doorstep and so I figured he had... Gave, I've heard people say things like that. He gave me this and I was able to cut it up. I just made enough money to get out of debt and, and that was God's provision. It, was a, it wasn't a year ago I heard almost, not quite, but almost that same reasoning going on in somebody's head. I'm going, duh, God never, I mean, we learned this little thing in, in Bible college, it's never right to do wrong to do right. Fourthly, prayer is knocking on his door, knowing that he is willing to get involved. God never says, man, I, you have come and prayed six times already this morning. That's your quota. I am through. I mean, leave me a message. That's not God. I don't care if it's six times in five minutes. God is there, ready, willing, able to enter in, able to come alongside, not tired of hearing you. And I hear people talk like that. It's like, God must get tired. I mean, I mean, it always seems I'm always in trouble. Well, and fifthly, prayer is submitting to his good gift. So many times I have come and, and, and God has laid something really plain in front of me and I come up to it. And, and it's, it's like, it's like I, I want to go around it. I want to go under it. I want to go over it. Anywhere but through what, because I go, it's just not what I had in mind. That's not what I really want. I've been praying for this, and God brings, and, and I'm not even sure it's God. God couldn't do, God, God wouldn't ask that of me. And we get real stubborn, and we get our backs up, and we, and we get so sure that we know God's answer to things. I mean, I used to think that about parenting. I got the answers, and I was going to get, you know what? You get to the end of the deal, and you go, I, I mean, it's not here. Only God has the answers. And for whatever's coming in your life this morning, whatever's coming up tomorrow, whatever this week holds in front of you, only God has the answers. And it may be in front of you, and you may say, I, I, I don't like that answer. Then maybe begin praying like this, God, help me to recognize this, if this is your answer, and if this is, then give me the courage and the strength to walk through that door. That's a good prayer. Now, Stan, you say that we need to allow God to use our lives to disciple other people and, and to 
and to have them disciple us. I'm actually pretty good with, with the latter, people discipling me. Where I struggle is with me discipling others. I, I don't pretend to know how to walk on this narrow path very effectively, so why would I attempt to show someone else how to do it when I, I can barely stay on it myself sometime? Isn't that kind, kind Well, that's like absolutely the, true. You can't stay on it yourself. It's all Jesus that keeps you on there anyway. So even if you just live your life and mess up and conf- sin, confess, and, and, and make things right with God, that's discipling. People are watching you. How are you responding? How are you entering in? And so um, to think that you have to have it together to disciple, it, it's almost like peer mentoring, Marco, versus it's not like you have the, you have the, you know, like, like Gandalf, who's going to be the mentor to, you know, Frodo. Um, that hardly ever happens in life. We're, we're more like Sam and Frodo working together, mentoring each other to get each other to Mount Doom where they actually finally get to... And even then, they, they, they muffed it up. It took an external force for Frodo to do the right thing. And so it's the Holy Spirit working in you, Marco, and it's you fluffing up, messing up, and allowing the Holy Spirit to enter in and, and, and change things. You're just allowing other people to come in for the ride. And allowing yourself to be exposed and open and not to hide. That's what God doesn't want. God doesn't mind you messing up because on the messing up, you get closer to him and more dependent on him. But what he doesn't like is when you hide the part about messing up and you pretend that you're doing it like really cool and really good. That's the hypocrisy piece that God goes like, I want to spit you out so far out of my mouth that you, I mean, you, you'll be into tomorrow. Let people along for the ride, Marco. So you and I are along for a bumpy ride together? Absolutely. Wonderful. The daily bread. The part about the Lord's Prayer and the daily bread. And I've heard I've heard that some people refer to that as food, physical food, and, and others consider it spiritual food, Jesus being the bread of life. What do you think it is? Both. Absolutely. There's the physical element. Sustain me. Keep me alive today. Provide for my needs. And keep me close to you. Jesus said, I have food that you do not know of. When his disciples came back and, you know, at the woman at the well deal, John chapter 4. And so there is a different kind of sustenance as well. But both, I, I think both are in mind there. Stan, you said that prayer is not some magic enchantment of words to get God to do what you want. You know, when it comes to, to prayer, you know, be it for requests for health, relationships, struggles with sin, I you know, I, I ask our Father for, for assistance. But much like I don't want to ask you five, ten, fifteen times to help me out with my car, I kind of feel awkward asking God to help me out twenty five, thirty times, especially when prayer requests don't seem to get answered right away. I'm not God. God is in a whole different league. And though I get the analogy, it's really you who are in the dark, not God. It's you who don't know what needs to be done and is it being done and is God... You are the one who is in the dark asking God to enlighten you as to what he's doing, why he's doing what he's doing, and to help you cooperate with him along the way. So I think you have to flip the question. And uh, 
And God is so patient with us, Marco. He is willing for us to come time and time again until we get it. Well, that's about it for tonight. Thanks again for for sharing, Stan. And thank you for spending this time with us. Hey, listen, we'd love to meet you in person sometime. You're welcome to join us at Evangel. Our service begins at 1030. We're located at 112 Spadina Road West, and uh, we'd love to see you there, just a stone's throw away from St. Mary's Hospital. This week, I'd like to encourage you to, to give your prayers up to God. I'm not referring to those requests that you might have, but, but rather to the actual prayer themselves and the way you're doing it. Ask the Spirit to, to guide you to pray in a way that He may find pleasing. And remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Here it comes, brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. My pursuit and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new.